0: Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. We are going to talk with Spencer Tuma today, our Director of National Legislative Programs, about the new farm bill that has just been introduced and voted upon. So let's get started. Spencer Tuma is our Director of National Legislative Programs, and Spencer is joining us today from Washington, D.C., where she's been out there all week working on Farm Bill stuff and resolutions for American Farm Bureau. Spencer, thanks for taking the time to call in for us.
1: Yeah, Eric, it's great to be here. I'm excited to be in Washington. There's been a lot going on in Ag Policy this week, so it's an exciting week to be up here.
0: Yeah, actually, we had a ton going on this week. We have had a new clean water rule uh, mm-hmm. that was announced, and Also, then the text of the Farm Bill finally got released. We've been talking about this, it seems like, forever. Uh, Actually, since you and I both started at Farm Bureau a year and a half ago, we've been talking about it pretty much every week, and here it finally is.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. I actually had the opportunity to attend the signing of the new clean water rule over at EPA headquarters. And it was really, really awesome to see all of the State Farm Bureau presidents from around the country are in town this week for meetings at American Farm Bureau. And all of the state presidents were invited to attend that event. So it was really cool to see the support of agriculture um, for a rule that's really hopefully going to provide a lot more clarity to farmers and ranchers about whether or not they'll need a permit to, to make changes to their own property.
0: Yeah. And just a minute on that uh, clean water rule. What are the main highlights of that rule and why it was, I guess, first of all, why was it needed? And then secondly, what are the highlights of it?
1: Yeah. So um, many members who are listening, and if you're a new listener, um, you may may or may not know that several years ago, uh, the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers introduced a a rule that would redefine the definition of a water of the United States, and it became known as the 2015 WOTUS Rule, and basically what that rule would have done is place over 99% of Missouri land under federal jurisdiction, so if you wanted to put up a fence, if you wanted to fill in a ditch, you would have to get a permit from the federal government in order to make those changes to your own property. Um, The cost of that federal permit of course is is pretty high, but if you were found out of compliance with the 2015 rule, the fine could be up to $37,500 per day. So it was a very onerous rule and it was just really unrealistic, um, especially for the agricultural community. Uh, Farmers have always been some of the best stewards of our land and water because we wanna pass down uh, those resources to the next generation. So what the EPA announced earlier this week is basically a revision to that rule that would provide more clarity and what we call clean water clear rules moving forward. So farmers, of course, care about clean water. uh, And we think that the best way to do that is making those decisions local. And so what this rule really does, the biggest thing is that, It will allow farmers and ranchers to be able to make their own determinations about whether or not they need a federal permit to make changes to their own property. And that's a really big, big win, we think, for the agriculture community and something that was not done in the previous rules. So um, we have to review everything. I'm sure Leslie Holloway, the the rule was released yesterday, and Leslie's our resident expert on the Clean Water Act. So I'm sure she is reading seriously yesterday afternoon and this morning, but uh, we we think it's a positive step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and you touched on this. One of the major uh, points about why this was needed is that the Obama rule, the Obama era rule from 2015, really did not uh, provide any clarity as to if you walked out into your field, you couldn't just look at the land and know what is a wetland and what is not under the rule and uh, the ambiguity of that could lead to some really bad um, consequences where really the only way to know is to have an inspector come out and tell you what he thinks or she thinks, and that's not the way the law ought to work. It ought to be clear um, to anybody who walks out on the land whether or not they should need a permit to do work on their land and uh, have that that clarity seems to be what this rule was targeted towards. So uh, I think that that, that's definitely a step in the right direction, and it Mm -hmm. still provides protection for our, our nation's waterways.
1: Absolutely. And that's certainly the number one goal. Clean water, you know, regardless of whether you're a farmer, rancher, small business owner, if you live in a city, everybody needs clean water to eat and drink and use in their homes. And that's always been our number one priority. We just want to be sure that the laws that are in place are uh, feasible for our members and for everybody else to be able to abide by.
0: Absolutely. So that's uh, something that now is going to be put into the Federal Register and there will be a 60 day comment period. Uh, mm-hmm. which we already expect is going to be extended. Um, but then after that, we'll most likely be uh, looking at some litigation um, from environmental groups that think that this rule is uh, is wrong. They don't like uh, this, and so they're going to try to tie it up in court. But uh, we've got a long way to go on this before it's final, but at least definitely yeah. a big step in the, right, in the right direction. Absolutely. So the other big issue this week, the one that, again, we've been um, talking about for a year and a half is – uh the the new uh, farm bill that now hopefully will be mm-hmm. the 2018 farm bill that we'll be uh, having on the books within the next few days so we've uh moved forward on that the senate has voted the house is uh, about to get finished voting on that so uh where where does that stand is the president planning to sign it and uh procedurally are we going to have this in, in effect pretty soon
1: yeah, so as far as I know, things look great for passage of the 2018 Farm Bill. The Senate did pass their bill uh, yesterday, which was Tuesday, and so they passed it with a record margin. We said it was a record margin when they passed it through the Senate the first time with 86 to 11. Yesterday, it actually passed with a vote of 87 to 13, so it's a really overwhelmingly bipartisan effort in the Senate. Senator Blunt and Senator McCaskill both supported the 2018 Farm Bill. And now it moves over to the House. Now, the House could take a vote as early as today, Wednesday, uh, or they may push the vote into tomorrow, just depending on, um, you know, I've come to learn that there's always something that could happen in Washington that (laughs) could that could derail the whole thing. Right. But um, we we did see the bill text Monday night officially. And um, for any of our listeners who have watched Disney commercials in their lives, I remember when I was little there was like this commercial on Disney movies and it had like two little kids and they were up late at night. And the mom and dad said, like, hey, you need to go to bed. But they knew they were going to Disney World tomorrow. And the kids are like, we're too excited to sleep. (laughs) That was pretty much me Monday night. So (laughs) That's um, not surprising,
0: knowing you. (laughs) It's
1: about about an 800-page bill. um, But all things considered, agriculture uh, fares very well in the legislation. So we're really looking forward to the president signing it after it passes the House.
0: Yeah, and so the big things that were uh, hurdles getting this conference report finished, Uh, trying to work out the differences between the House and the Senate. How did those Mm -hmm. things end up uh, playing out in the final bill?
1: sure so our number one priority for Missouri farm Bureau was strengthening and maintaining the current crop insurance program which both bills did so that was really not controversial in the negotiations and several of the farm safety net programs that were put in place in the 2014 farm bill still stay in place with this legislation so overall I know we've used this phrase a thousand times that it was really an evolutionary farm bill not a revolutionary farm bill it's did not make a lot of major changes to farm programs, which we were pleased to see. However, it did continue um, recent revisions to the cotton program and the dairy program Mm -hmm. uh, that we supported earlier this year that we think are going to be really beneficial for the producers in those programs. A couple of the big, uh, more partisan fights, if you will, uh, one was certainly over nutrition. The House bill, as you might remember uh, changed pretty significantly changed the eligibility requirements for the supplemental nutrition assistance program um, those were ultimately those work requirements were ultimately taken out of the final legislation but direction was provided to usda to strengthen certain um, certain program requirements for states in administering that program so we do anticipate that it will still get quite a bit of Um, conservative support. I know that that's been a hot button issue for Mm -hmm. some um, conservative members of the House, especially another big issue uh, was conservation. So the House bill um, proposed that the original CRP cap be put at 29 million acres. The Senate proposed 25 million. Ultimately, we ended up at 27 million in the crp program with Mm -hmm. two million of that being specifically dedicated to grassland programs Um, and then there is a cap on rental rates which was proposed originally in the house Um, i believe that cap on rental rates is about 85 percent so um so that is a change to the crp program
0: and that was something that we had advocated because uh, some especially a lot of younger farmers beginning farmers had uh, concerns that the way that um, the CRP rental rates are currently calculated, people were uh, able to receive more money putting their ground in CRP sometimes than renting it out to a young farmer. And so it just made it harder and harder for young and beginning farmers to find land to get started. And they didn't like uh, competing against the federal government for land. So uh, that that's definitely a good move um, that should help out a lot of people. And yesterday mm-hmm. I was at a... Um, St. Louis Agribusiness Club meeting that Richard Fordice, who's uh, many of our listeners know very well, who was a Missouri uh, Farm Bureau Young Farm and Ranchers Chair and and AFBF Young Farm and Ranchers Chair nationally, uh, and Missouri Department of Agriculture Director, he is now the FSA Director nationally, mm-hmm. and he was speaking to us, and he said, you know, this this new provision will make rental rates come down uh, for CRP yeah. and. He said on all things to consider, that's probably a good thing because they had been getting to the point where they were, they were pushing some people out. So it sounds like yeah. that's a good step.
1: Absolutely. And um, you mentioned um, young and beginning farmers. There is some uh, are some provisions in the Farm Bill that expand access to credit, especially for those specific demographics. Um, but something that I'm really excited about and is definitely worth mentioning is that Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, who served as a Farm Bill conferee um, for this Farm Bill championed a couple of different provisions uh, on rural broadband that ultimately made it into the final version of the bill. And the big one is that the Farm Bill now states that any USDA program that's funded by federal dollars to deploy broadband has to be deployed at a speed of no less than 25 megabits per second to three megabits per second which we think is an incredible step in the right direction mm-hmm. as far as getting rural broadband out to those who need it most but also um having responsible use of our taxpayer dollars
0: absolutely and that's something that you can we can really point to as something the missouri farm bureau members uh got in this farm bill uh in large part because we we worked very closely with her office to try to get that provision put in and it has uh-huh. now ended up as federal law so that's a big win specifically that was driven a lot by Missouri
1: yeah, absolutely. It, it's huge. And, and we're really looking forward to all of the projects that USDA is going to be able to do with the additional funding that's in the bill for rural broadband. But bringing higher quality, scalable technology to rural areas is, is very important.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so some of the other provisions that were in in the Farm Bill, uh, there, there were a few things that were positive on trade, I believe I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, do you yep. have any details on what those look like?
1: Sure, so USDA currently has a couple of different programs uh, that are utilized to help promote and expand international trade um, throughout the life of the Farm Bill. One is the Foreign Market Development Program and one is the Market Access Program. Both of those programs, to my knowledge previously, uh, were not considered to be mandatory funding, so it wasn't guaranteed that they would have funding every year. Uh, but in this Farm Bill, they are fully funded and they are considered to be mandatory spending. So um, it really kind of locks those programs in. Those are programs that have really worked for farmers and ranchers over the years. And with a lot of uncertainty surrounding international trade around the world, um, it's really important to keep those programs in place. And so we are pleased to see that the bill does that.
0: Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned some of the conservation programs. It seems like mm-hmm. there uh, there was a pretty large focus on conservation uh, in in this uh, in this farm bill, are there any other uh, items in in the conservation title that jumped out to you?
1: You know, I think one of the things that I noticed is there is quite a bit of emphasis in addition to the CRP acreage cap increase. Um, there is some more emphasis placed on working lands programs like EQIP, the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, and CSP, the Conservation Stewardship Program. Farm Bureau members, by and large, really support those working lands programs over what we would consider to be land retirement programs that take land completely out of production. And so Um, by providing additional funding to equip, it actually bolsters those working lands programs, but it also kept um, something that was really important to Farm Bureau is we supported a, a mandatory percentage where that funding would go to livestock producers, and that cap was 60% in the previous farm bill of equip funding to be designated for cattle producers. Uh, they had originally proposed to take that percentage completely down to zero and not reserve any funding for livestock operations. That um, that percentage was reinstated to 50% in the final bill. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we think that's very positive with there being more money. Um, we think overall that's
0: a win. Yeah, that's a very good thing. Um, one of the other big issues, I guess, is in, in Title One, the commodity title, which is, mm-hmm. I think, what a lot of people think of when they think of the Farm Bill in general. Um, right. The uh, those commodity programs, the there were some changes, some tweaks made to the ARC and PLC uh, programs, which are the um, the foremost um, support programs for. Uh, when when yields or prices are are bad, uh-huh. uh, where farmers can get some assistance, and some of those changes uh, allow people to upgrade or, or uh, update their decisions. Do you know uh, what the details are of that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, previously, I believe um, the farm bill decision when you elected for a program, you could either pick ARC or PLC, you elected that for the life of the farm bill. This will be a change in the new bill. So um, producers will have the opportunity to elect ARC or PLC in 2019. They will have to keep that decision, it's my understanding, through crop year 2020. And then they're able to re-elect that program annually through the life of the farm bill. For 21, 22, and 23, they, will, they would be able essentially to switch back and forth. So Mm -hmm. if you were in PLC one year, it didn't work very well for you. The next year you could enroll in ARC um, and you would have that right as a producer. So um that that's the details of that provision. Yeah, it gives specifically. a lot more
0: it gives a lot more flexibility to the producers on that end. I think that right. a lot of the reason that they they had been locked in before is to provide more certainty in the scoring um, uh-huh. on the congressional side so that they knew what the budget numbers were they were working with. But right. from an actual a customer service perspective, if you're looking at the farmer specifically, you'd like that opportunity to say, hey, we thought this was going to work out, but I didn't realize this or that was going to affect me the way it did, and I think it probably would be better to be in the other program. So this definitely gives a lot more flexibility to the producer, and that's probably a good thing.
1: Absolutely. We think so, too.
0: Yeah. Um, so anything else uh, jump out to you here in the Farm Bill as we're just getting started? I know, like you say, it's 807 pages, I think. And you've been uh, running around in D.C. for the past couple of days ever since it came out. So you may not have had a chance to read all 807 pages yet. But
1: <laughs> well, anything not, you've seen not so far? Quite, <laughs> not quite all 807. But, I mean, I would just say kind of in closing, as far as Farm Bureau priorities, this bill does check a lot of the boxes. Um, a big big wins on the cotton and dairy programs. Um, I've heard a couple people say, you know, our dairy industry has has really struggled. I mean, it's just been really been struggling. It's been struggling for a long time. And I think this program from everyone I have talked to, this is going to make a big difference for our dairy producers. It It raises the amount of coverage that they're able to access. It lowers the prices for accessing that coverage. And so we really think that's an important step um, as we continue to see a decline in the dairy industry. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing how that works for farmers and ranchers. It used to be called um, the MPP program, the Marginal Protection Program. It's now called the DMC, Dairy Management Coverage hmm. Program, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of a you know for yeah. those of us who are interested in ag policy that's a really important distinction because i have to change my acronyms around but <laughs> yeah, yeah updating um, all
0: your acronyms is always a big part of every new farm bill
1: it it really is i, I don't think some people realize how many acronyms are in the farm bills. So. <laughs> it's
0: substantial yeah
1: but but we're really you know i i can't say thank you enough to our congressional delegation who's been supportive of of this farm bill but to congresswoman hartzler especially her work on the conference committee, those Missouri priorities really shined through in the conference report. Um, And that has a lot to do with her leadership on the committee. So we're really grateful that she was in that position.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was very helpful to have a Missourian in the room when those decisions are being made. Um, For sure. uh, As you said, not everything that we wanted got in there. And that's the way Mm -hmm. any compromise final bill always ends up. You never get all the things that you wanted, um, and uh, neither does the other side. It it ends up that as long as everybody can be a little bit uh, disappointed, then it's probably a decent compromise. And that seems like that's how this is looking, right?
1: Absolutely, And I I think we saw that with the Senate vote yesterday. You know, as a former House staffer, I sometimes like to pick on the Senate because (laughs) um, they they sometimes move a little slower than I would like them to. But, you know, they picked this right up and and it was no question um, that it was going to have a lot of support. And I assume we will see something similar in the House. So um, we're we're very much looking forward to that. All signs indicate that the president is going to sign this bill and um, fun little piece of trivia. If the president, if it passes the House, the president signs the bill, it will be the first time since 1990 that a farm bill has been passed and signed in the same year that it expired. Mm-hmm. So for those listening, 1990 was before I was born. So um, it's it's been a while since we've yes, since we've done has. this. Well, so. not, it
0: wasn't before I was born, but and I it's believe- still a while. That uh, is definitely a very in- interesting uh piece of trivia you know i think mm-hmm. that the the last time that uh, it was passed in a lame duck was even before that maybe it, this is right. pretty unusual but part of i think what drove this to happen and and what drove the house republicans to compromise on the on the snap benefits portion is that they realized that here in a month they're not going to have the, the house anymore and so they're they probably ought to take the better the best deal they can get at this point
1: Right. I agree. I do think the election did play a role um, in the timeline of how this got done. You know, we were always hopeful um, before the election that Congress would come back and consider the farm bill. And and I think when we woke up the morning of November 7th, um, the House Republicans realized that they better get their bill done or they're they're going to have to take somebody else's version of their bill next year and and i don't think they wanted that to happen and so i think that played a large role in this
0: yeah absolutely well appreciate you uh taking some time once again uh, here sounds like there's a lot going on in uh in dc you can hear people moving around out there um that's always a busy bustling place so i hope you are yes staying busy out there and uh appreciate you taking some time to talk with us
1: well, that sounds great, and hopefully we'll be back with an update next week, and we'll have a farm bill done, and and everything will just be great. You it'll know? be a great so Christmas. <laughs> it'll be a great Christmas. That's right. Awesome.
0: So. Well, thank you, Spencer. Appreciate All it.
1: All right. Thanks, Eric. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk about the details of the Farm Bill that you have questions about. Feel free to shoot us questions on Facebook or here at the home office. We would be happy to dig into those issues and find the answers for you and come back next week with some more information. So we will talk to you then.